Good morning, Ohio, and a special edition. We have Christopher Titus. We're excited to talk about his new special. But before we get to him, we're going to give out our email address because we love to give out prizes. T-D-H-C-I-N-C-Y at gmail.com. Once again, T-D-H-C-I-N-C-Y at gmail.com. Switching over to uh, Carrying Monsters and Christopher Titus. So, Chris, what is Carrying Monsters? Uh, Carrying Monsters is my ninth comedy special. Uh, Richard, some Richard Pryor said years ago in an interview, Richard Pryor said, uh, uh, we all carry, he said, he said, everybody carries their own monsters. And when I heard that, I thought, man, that's my entire life. And our monsters in our lives were given to us by people who said they loved us. So this show is about all the stories in my life that I couldn't talk about all these years that were just too dark. Um, and, and I shouldn't tell, you know, I, I couldn't tell the stories, but then a bunch of people died. So now I can tell the stories because there's going to be less lawyers involved. It's going to work out. That's always a good thing. Anytime there's less lawyers. So where <laughs> yeah. and when can we watch it? So we're going to do it. So basically we're going to do the special on, it's going to be on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's 10 bucks for YouTube because YouTube have a studio. I have my own soundstage. It's going to look like a real comedy special. We have we're using three cameras. We built a set on my, in my soundstage. And I'll tell you this, man, I, I just got tired. I, I got tired of people yelling at their laptops. It seems this whole COVID thing locked everybody down, and now it's just people we love to watch perform, except they're screaming at their computers. So we're doing a real show. Uh, we have 12 people in the audience, so they're wearing masks, and we, we put bleach down. Uh, and so my career started with shows of 12 people, and it looks like it's going to end that way. Oh, well, shoot, it ain't ending anytime soon, but I know what you mean. It's come full circle. Now, with this, usually when uh, you see, you know, you live, it's usually, what, $20, $30, $50, and they're going to get to see you live for, what, only 10 yeah, I, you know, man, it's weird. We even put up uh, four comedy specials on my uh, YouTube channel, Christopher Titus TV, and we put up, we've got like 25 episodes of Titus up. We're actually putting an episode a day up. Uh, you know, man, here's the thing. My entire career happened because of these people that showed up to the clubs. My, it, it showed up because people came to see me. And yes, it's like anywhere from 25 to 50 bucks to see me. And then you got to buy drinks. And so this, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, uh, let's cut everybody a deal. So whoever your COVID quarantine crew is that you're hanging out with, uh, you can sit down in your pajamas uh, and you guys can have your own drinks and you can watch it in your house. Then you can actually just, um, if you have a Chromecast, you can actually just put it on your TV. If you already watch um, um, Netflix, you can just, when you get the YouTube channel, just click it up on your TV. And yeah, it's 10 bucks. Yeah, it's 10 bucks. There you go. When is Rachel getting her special? We just, I just got the I just got the sound mix back. Rachel finished. We filmed it in February. Rachel's special is coming out, man. We actually I just got the sound mix back today. Uh, we're gonna lay that in now, and then uh, then we could do have to we have to do a color pass on the special what we shot, and then it's done. Um, so uh, we're gonna just, we're gonna sell it first, uh, and then it'll be out in a little while. That is awesome. So it came out really great. She's so funny, man. Okay, yeah, we love uh, hearing her on your show. I mean, it's, it's she's hilarious. Uh, I was going to say, as she told me, she is the best part of the show, and I happen to agree with her. Oh, she told you that. That's awesome. Yeah, she's she's the pretty. I will say that, but she's also the pretty and the funny. I don't even know why I am on the show, frankly, to be honest. So, when did you get started in comedy? I started. Uh, it, I, I actually well. My first time ever on stage was the Senior Follies when I was 16 years old. I was 16 years old, and I did a bit. I did a bit about where I just ripped the school apart, pretty much. 
And then at the end of it, uh, I had a buddy drag a freshman on stage, and I taught the audience how to trash can a freshman. That was <laughs> <laughs> that was my first. That was my first uh, uh, thing of comedy. And then because I was so young, I couldn't go do it. So I went out, got a real job. I graduated high school barely, and then I started going to San Francisco. Uh, and I, I, it's funny because my first open mic, I, I didn't sign up for. I just went to watch because I was like, I mean, I think I'm funny. I want to do comedy. I've been wanting to do it since I was five. And then I sat down and I watched other open micers, and I realized, well, I, you know, I'm already funnier than these guys. And uh, and then I then I disproved that weeks later when I finally signed up. It's weird. You to be a comedian, you have to have a certain amount of delusion. Because if you think about it, it's a it's a it's a psychopathic idea. I'm going to walk into a room full of strangers and be the funniest, most charismatic person that in that room, and that that's serial killer level crazy. So that's what I've been doing my whole life. I know <laughs> to the mean. point where during a pandemic, I intend to do a comedy special. That's how psycho I am. I know what you mean. It's the same with our radio show and the podcast and that kind of thing. Yeah, you have to go and be able to say to yourself, someone wants to listen to me have a, a, a phone conversation for a half hour. You know. Right, exactly. It's just stupid. It's like, but, you know, as long as you're – I think the only – the only sin is to not be compelling. So the special we're doing on Saturday, um, if you go to ChristopherTitus.com uh, or ChristopherTitusTV, you can click through and get it, um, is, is the worst stories from my life. It kind of ended up being perfect because the show's about tragedy and how to get through tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all these funny stories about like me being – I was kidnapped as a kid. Um, I was, there was a bunch of stuff that happened that I could never talk about. And uh, and, and at the end, it, the upside is like we get through stuff. Because here's how life goes. You ready? Birth, life, tragedy, life, tragedy, life, tragedy, death. And if you think it's going to be anything different, congratulations on your medical marijuana card. That is awesome. Yeah, I was going to say the amazing thing is we've already heard such uh, great stories. Like you mentioned when you said San Francisco, my first thought was asking you about that piece of junk car, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, going into your comedy background, the way I understand it, you were inspired by uh, such greats as Woody Allen, Steve Martin, and Bill Cosby. Is that true? Yeah, Cosby specific. I started when I started. I used to go to sleep, and I, every night I was a little kid. I was like five. I'd go to sleep listening to Bill Cosby albums, and I still remember the night I made the decision that I was going to be a comedian one day. And I, that was I was a little kid. Um, that being said, Carlin, you know, it's funny. Those have changed over the years. My two favorite right now, Robin Williams has always been my favorite, but Cosby's off the list now. I, I like Carlin and Robin Williams. I like that they had the guts to actually. Carlin specific didn't have any worries about pissing people off. He always wanted to be funny, and he was. But if you were a snowflake of any of any political leaning, you probably couldn't listen to Carlin. You know, if you took it too serious. And Robin was just so manic. Robin would do impressions, like five impressions in a row, different voices. And when I first saw Robin Williams do it, I was like, oh, I can do anything. I can do voices. You know, I can do different forms of comedy in the middle of a stand-up set. So those are my those are my three. You know, I, I, Cosby. You can still hear if you listen to my storytelling. If you listen closely and close your eyes, you can hear my. I have a Cosby cadence. You know, and, and you can you can just hear the pauses and stuff. So I I. I I, you know, those are the three guys I've stolen most of my, um, <laughs> my, my character from. I know what you mean. You're right. The, you, like you said, the cadence, just the feel of it. All of a sudden, it feels like you're going to start talking about Buck Buck or Johnny on the Pony or some of his other yep. routines about Albert. You know that kind of stuff. 
it's so weird now when a comedian screws up like that. It's like, you know, or Lucy K. Comedians are supposed to, we're the one job that if you know, if you know we're bad guys, it's hard to be, it's hard to laugh. You know what I mean? Even I have a problem now. Because now when you listen to Cosby, you have to listen through the filter of what he did. Exactly. And, and same with Louis, where you have to listen to the filter of what happened. And I, I think it's weird. So as a comic, you kind of have to keep, all you, you have to keep, and there's guys like, you know, like Jim Norton or, or Doug Stanhope, who you know who they are. They're never, they're never dishonest about who they are. So you like, yeah, it doesn't matter. He, he, uh, he, we're just going to laugh at him. Um, I think you have to be authentic all the time. That makes a difference. Earlier, we touched on the podcast, the Armageddon Update. Tell us a little bit about that. What is that? It started out as ironic. The Armageddon Update started out as because when, when Obama was president, because he was the first black president, I remember people freaking out. They were like, oh, my God, this guy's going to change the country. He's going to do everything. Um, and so I thought, I thought, oh, you know, everybody believes Armageddon's always coming. So I did a thing called the Armageddon Update. Ironically, turns out lately, though, it's just been accurate. <laughs> That's the saddest part about recent time, recent history. So where is the Combustion Lounge located? Uh, North Hollywood, California. Uh, North Hollywood, Hollywood, California is like Hollywood, California, because there's no money mansions or actors. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's just in the in the San Fernando Valley. I rented. I started renting a soundstage uh, about five or six years ago to keep because we wanted to do special unit the movie, and I I had started filming my comedy specials, and I thought, well, and we had the podcast. I'm like, well, I need a place to do it. Um, and so, and, and it's a, it's a studio, it's 24 foot ceilings. It was built, they actually fused the studio that we currently have, the soundstage. It's the same one that was used for the Grinch who sold Christmas. Um, the scene, uh, it was basically, um, the Grinch's cave. Uh -huh. Um, and, and you can still see the triangles, all the stalactites or stalactites that were on the floor on the, so you can still see where they glued them to the floor. You can still see it in the, so anyway, it's got a history in it and oh, it, cool. it's cool, man. So that's where we're filming the special this Saturday. So who does the podcast with you? Uh, myself, uh, Rachel, uh, my, the lovely bombshell Ray, Rachel Bradley. And then we got it. We have a rotating crew of guys who, uh, usually come through when uh whenever they, i fire them we get a new guy <laughs> yeah that was the part that was throwing me because i was i was looking back and like as i was watching the different uh videos every so often yeah the guy changes like the third wheel i'm like what the heck <laughs> yeah yeah whenever someone changes in the podcast that means they got fired <laughs> and they got fired because they weren't doing their other job i usually hire an assistant and then we had guests on and stuff lately, you know, and when, when, when the COVID thing is over, we'll have guests on again. We had Richard Marks and, you know, Greg Poops. We, we bring people in that, that, uh, that, that are, you know, funny, man. I, I didn't want it to be, I always wanted to be able to talk about what's happening in the news. And it keeps me, the Armageddon update makes it so I have to keep writing. You know, I, I got to this place where I, where I was stopped. I kind of was, I'd get an act and I'd do it too long. And I thought, I, you know, I, I need to force myself to write every week. And that's where the Armageddon update came from. That is awesome. The way I understand it, one of the characters was not real. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Let me introduce him to you. Let me get him. Willie, come in here. Yo, man, who this? Hi, How Willie. you doing, man? You good? Yeah, doing yeah, well. Yeah, it's Willie. Nice to meet you, Willie. Yeah, man. Hey, man, I want to thank you for something, man. Thanks for letting this dude get on here, man, and hold his special on Saturday, man. He he, he funny dude. He's trying to do it, but, man, I don't know how it's going to work, man. In a studio with 12 people. Let's, let's hope this works out. Uh, but thanks to everybody who signed up for it, man. It's going to be awesome. 
Hey, it's amazing. I was going to say, Willie. All right, give me the phone. Yep. That's Willie. They're gonna, you're going to have a bigger audience than WrestleMania this year. You're going to have 12 people, which is <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we actually did. We actually sold a lot of tickets. And here's what's really cool about this thing we're doing. Um, number one, I want people to have comedy. In the midst of this, all the comedy clubs are closed. The comedy clubs are probably going to be the last thing to open up. Because imagine my job is to be in front of a group of people who are all spewing stuff out their mouth, laughing, uh, just germs. Or and, I, and I'd never thought about it till this happened. So comedy clubs would be last. So we wanted to we wanted to put it out there and and just do something fun for everybody, you know. But the people are doing this. Here's the cool thing. So it's ten bucks, and you can watch it with whoever you're you're quarantined with. And then people will go, hey, I'm going to put in another 50 bucks. I want you to give five tickets away to people that can't afford it. Oh. And that's happened ridiculously. So, And they're nominating people. So people are being – it's interesting. I think we thought everything was going to turn into Road Warrior if something bad like this happened. And it turns out it, it actually it, – everything's good, cool. People are being happened. That is so cool. And I was going to say, I know with uh, your uh, history with uh, giving to the military, I'm sure we were going to have probably a lot of supporters from them as well uh, enjoying it, the, the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the military, our military, man, these guys, when I went to Iraq, I went to Iraq twice with those guys and did shows for them. They got to be on, and I, I, my, uh, my cousin is a, is a Navy SEAL, actually, and uh, he, was in, he was in Iraq. In fact, he was one of the guys that saved Kenton Stacy. Um, and uh, he was he was that was his SEAL team leader, and I got to be honest with you, man. Those guys put out so much for us, and they do it all the time. And you know, to the, to the crew on the Theodore Roosevelt out there right now, and all the other ships that this has gone through, um, just thanks for the service. And please, guys, be safe. Please be safe. So, being at home a lot now, what is your favorite room in the house? <laughs> um, well, my wife would say, uh, for her, it would be one that I'm not in. Um, <laughs> but uh, currently, I'm, I like the theater room. I got my guitar in there, uh, which is another reason I can keep my wife out by just playing guitar and singing, because uh, I'm a comedian, not a singer. Uh, but I hang out there a lot, and uh, and we, we bought a house. We bought a house right before this happened, which is awesome. So, uh, so I lost my job, and we bought a new house. It's great. <laughs> It'll work Timing, out. It always yeah. does. But, it all but that's what I mean out. about this. That's what I mean about tragedy, man. Tragedy, it happens to all of us. Things happen all the time. And a lot of people uh, take it on like this is how it's going to be forever. And I guarantee you it's not. So, uh, and I can prove it. With the, the stories I tell on the show, um, you'll get like, oh, I guess tragedy doesn't have to t- end your life. It doesn't have to end your job. It doesn't have to end the future. It's just something you got to get through. You know, so anyways, the show's on shows on Saturday, seven o'clock. Go to Christopher Titus TV or ChristopherTitus.com. dot uh, com, and uh, or or you can watch. I put up four free specials on my on my uh, YouTube channel too, so you can watch those. Oh, definitely, they're excellent. And uh, of course, you keep me mentioning tragedy. So of course, I got to ask you uh, the mathematical equation for comedy. I know you usually don't do a lot of math in your jokes, but uh, do you know what the the equation for comedy? Of course, you do. Yes, uh, tragedy plus time. Exactly. Uh, sometimes, sometimes with me though, I forget the time part, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just a speech. So, have you ever done any remodeling to your house? Mm, not this house yet. We were going to. We'd actually had planned a bunch of stuff because we just bought it, 
and it, it didn't remodel. We're going to fix it. And then this happened, and we decided, well, we could remodel the house, or uh, we could pay the mortgage. Good <laughs> That's point. what you want to do. <laughs> so with you all being home a lot, uh, what's your favorite thing to cook? My favorite thing to cook? Uh, uh, man, my wife makes this, this uh, foil-wrapped salmon. Uh, with vegetables in it that, it that that I know that after the Armageddon really happens and we're on the road and we're living road the road warrior life, I know we'll be able to have it anymore. That's cool. It's so weird, isn't it? Dude, I, dude, did you think uh, like they, like this would happen like this? I mean, oil, you know, all those movies we've seen, you know, they fought over oil. But in our situation, oil costs a dollar a barrel and toilet paper is $18 a roll. It's, it, like I haven't seen that movie where the world ended and they fought over toilet paper. I mean, we're living it, but I never saw that movie. I agree. Yeah, that yeah, they're the exact opposite of what they've been selling us for years. Maybe that's why they've been selling it uh, to us that way, so that way they could uh, control the toilet paper, and we think the oil is important. Yeah, I think Big TP is running the world right now. It's Big <laughs> Toilet Paper that set this whole thing in motion. So, uh, do you prefer to cook with gas or electricity? Gas specifically, but we have an electric stove, which is which my wife hates. So, uh, um, so, so we have to get a new. Right? So basically, we have to buy a new cooktop, uh, which is the which is probably the most the least manly sentence I've ever said in my life. I know what you mean. I was going to say our sponsor, Appliance Factory Mattress Kingdom. They're in charge of appliances in Ohio and Colorado, and they're great at doing that. But I know what you mean. As a man, that's not uh, the most fun purchase. <laughs> Obviously, you you know we rather buy cars, we rather buy guitars, we rather buy fun things. But it is something we definitely need as appliance. Appliances, and fortunately, we do have Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom to be able to get those to us at reasonable prices. Well, we're going to make sure we go them and to get to get to get that gas because I'm going to switch it because we, we the problem is there's a gas thing behind our stove. They put a new electric one on because the woman that used to live, live in the house loved cooking with electric, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I want to go to a gas stove, so we're going to do that. And I will I will use that commercial that you just did to actually go get it from them. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Hey, that's awesome. What's uh, what type of mattress do you got? <laughs> Tempur-Pedic, and the thing is, I stay in hotels all the time when I'm on the road. So it's been so nice to be able to to, to stay home and actually sleep on a, on a on a memory foam mattress. Yeah, aren't they the best? I mean, Tempur-Pedic is just yeah. amazing. And like you said, being on the road, I'm sure you get some really good beds and you get some really bad beds. But yeah, being home, uh, it's a world of difference. And, of course, I had to touch base with that because that's our other thing. Uh, the sponsor, they sell mattresses. So just wanted to mention that. But it sounds <laughs> like awesome. Good. Yeah. Hey, you're perfect with Tempur-Pedic. You can't go wrong with them. So if you're a big fan of the show, I'm going to ask you a bunch of different questions all about the Titus show. So what I know kind of what it was about because I loved watching it, but what was it about to you? Um, you know, the show is, you can watch that on the YouTube channel too. The show has kind of come out of one thing. I, I did a thing called the Landmark Forum, and I learned that everything you you do as an adult, you're kind of reacting to something that happened to you as a kid. And you made a decision when you were a kid to, you know, to not, to, to be tough or whatever. And so that's why we did the flashbacks to, re, to kind of show why Titus and the crew was acting the way they were acting all the time. Um, and I, you know, I think it's hard for me to just write something that I don't know what the point is. Like some guys are great at that. Some guys can just, what are we writing? Good. My buddy Patrick, he can just do it. I need to find out what the overall point is. And so Titus was trying to show that who you are as a kid doesn't have to make you who you are as an adult. 
Jack Kenny and uh, Brian Hargrove, they were awesome at writing and creating with you. I uh, wanted to get your yep. opinion if their uh, background in live theater is the reason why Titus felt more like it was watching a play, a you know something felt more live, it's felt more authentic as opposed to a lot of shows. We shot it like a play. So here's the thing. So Jack and Brian showed up. I'd met with, uh, they had already seen, the network had seen me do Norman Rockwell's Bleeding Live, and they wanted to cut a deal with me, and I'd already been through three or four different deals, and I didn't like that, and, and I was a writer, you know, I've been writing comedy since I was a teenager, so I said, I want to be a writer on the show, and they said, well, you know, you're not a writer, you're a comedian, and I, and I wanted to grab him by it and go, hey, that's what a comedian has to do to be a comedian, and, and um, so Jack and Ryan came. I met with a bunch of teams of writers, like six or seven, and then I met Jack and Brian came in, and they were so smart. And they they had actually watched Norman Rockwell's Bleeding, the, the show video we'd done of it at this theater I had been playing, and they had written uh, a, almost a full legal pad full of notes. And I already had the episode idea in my head for Dad is Dead. I said, you know, because I hate sitcoms. The reason Titus got made is because I hate lame sitcoms. I just hate the lame ones. So I wrote it. I was like, I want to do something that shakes it up. The first episode's called Dad's Dead, and we don't see my father till the end of the episode. And they both looked at me like I was crazy, as did the network. And I said, no, no, no. I said, and I, I told them, I said, do you remember? I said, do you remember um, Archie Bunker and all the family? And they said, yeah. And I said, okay. So when Archie Bunker walked in the room, you thought, oh God, now what's going to happen? I said, well, the guy who plays my dad, I want that to be like that from the show from then on. So the first episode, we need to build him up to be this this mythical character, this mythical, scary character. And so that's why Dad is Dead got written. And then we got done, and then they were like, okay. So Jack and Brian said, okay, we here's how we shoot TV. Because I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I'd never had my own sitcom, so I didn't know how to shoot a sitcom. Uh, actually, I take that back. I did one episode of a show called, uh, it got canceled very quick. Uh, I forget the name of it. It was a game in a train station. And they kept shooting the same scene over and over. Then they'd move everything, and it took all night. I was there till 1 in the morning. And there was a live audience there. And I told Jack and Brian, I said, guys, I go, I do stand-up comedy. I go, we're doing the same scene six times uh, on these other shows, and they're doing the same joke. I go, people can't. That's not fair to the audience. So what we're going to do is we're going to shoot this entire thing like a play from beginning to end. We're not going to stop. And they looked at me like I was crazy, and I said, no. I said, here's what we can do. I said, we'll shoot it like that. We'll, I'll rehearse the actors, because actors are so lazy. They, you know, they, they, they're like, I go, they have to learn a play every week. Uh, and so the people we hire have to be good. And then we would shoot it. We shot it. We'd start it. We'd shoot the live stuff with the four camera. Then we then we had we'd already pre-shot the black and white, and we shot the flashbacks with the kids. And then we'd roll those in on a monitor above the audience, and they would last. And we'd go right back to the live show and just keep going. So we were done. We'd start at like seven, eight o'clock at, uh, at night, and we'd be done filming by ten thirty, as opposed to keeping the audience up till two in the morning. So, and it ended up giving me. A, and people always say, "Yeah, there's too much of a laugh track." Just so everybody knows, there was never a laugh track on Titus. Oh, we wow. just mic the real audience that was there. We just mic the real audience that was there. Nice. So, tell us about the uh, the stage presence Stacy Keach had. Working with Stacy Keach was like, I always say people go, was it like working with Stacy Keach? I go, imagine if uh, if you were on, like out, out at the basketball court, you know, out at the beach or something, and there was a pickup game, and it was two other guys and you and Michael Jordan. If Michael Jordan's on your team, even if you can't play basketball, 
you're going to look like the best basketball player in the world. And that's what like working with Stacey Keacher or LeBron, it's just like being in Stacey, being on his team, he just brought the game up so high that he made you better. It made you better as an actor, it made you better as a comedian, it made you better with your timing because his is so perfect. So he just, he raises the game. That's what's great that Stacey, he's like, like a great athlete. He raises the acting game when you're on stage with him. So I understand at one point there was almost a sequel. There was almost a what? A sequel to Titus. We had, yeah, we did a show. We, we did a show. I wrote a show called, um, I want to say it was called Just Another Day. And we got it. It was the guy who used to run NBC. Um, and he, we got it to a place where we got the script done. We got paid for the script. And then what happened, what happens with network TV sometimes is that you have this crew, like you have the, you have the current executives and then you have the executives that okay stuff. Um, and, and then production guys. And what happens is in the middle of this go on the way to Titus, the network president changed in the middle of that all those people changed and so what ends up, and this happened this is I've, I've sold five different show ideas and what's happened every time this happened three times out of the five what happens is they bring the new crew in and the new crew just kills everything the other the old crew was working on and that's happened three times well, I'm throwing this out there, and uh, of course, want a producer or you know some type of credit. I want to see uh, you on Netflix, kind of you know how they have Big Mouth. I think something yeah. similar to that. I think you could do, and it would be really interesting. You know, kind of like how you did with Titus with flashbacks and all, but cartoons, so you could even make it more over the top, and you can say pretty much anything you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Titus is weird because it, 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 sometimes freedom in comedy will actually kill comedy. Here's what I mean. If you, um, Chris Sheridan was one of the writers. He ended up being an executive producer on Family Guy, uh, and and so he's just really a brilliant writer. And the way we wrote Titus, we it was you had the black and white um, scenes, and you had the flashback scenes, and you had the present day scenes. And we used three different film styles for that. So, so, cause I never wanted the audience to have to guess where they were, but here's the thing. So we had the meeting, we'd written the script and it has to be written in that structure. It has to be like, I talk to the camera, then we do a flashback, then we go to the real scene. And we sat down, we were interviewing Chris Sheridan, uh, look him up, brilliant writer. And he said, he goes, you know, you guys have really written yourself into a corner with this show. And I said, yeah, we, we give it a structure, specific structure because you have to write well to get out of that. The only way to get out of like giving yourself a lot of rules is to write it well. And because we wrote it well, the show still holds up to this day. Um, so I think when you, when you go, yeah, if you go on Netflix, you could swear and you could be naked and everything. And I always say, yeah, but that wouldn't make it better. That would just be different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I just... Just throwing it out there, so that way, if it does happen, I can be. Oh, like, I yeah. would like to. Uh, trust me, I would do another version of Netflix, uh, Titus on Netflix in a second. I, I think it's a good idea, but I don't think I think I think you have to give yourself rules to. You know, there's two things you'd have to do with it. You'd have to actually do you bring back the same characters? Is it Titus with kids now? Which that could work. That would be awesome. Um, is my brother Dave their uncle? Which is which I just got. How funny that would be. Have have Dave be this crazy, nutty uncle who's just does stupid crap all the time. And then I, now I got to teach my kids don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, Keach. You know, we could if Keach would do it. He's still around. Be great to have Grandpa Keach. 
who just who, but he's softer and he's and like he treats the grandkids way better than he treats everybody else. And you're like, and I'm always like, why didn't you treat us like that? You know, and, and so uh, you know what? As I think about it, it wouldn't be a hard thing to do. The only problem was we couldn't call it Titus because everybody who was involved in Titus would be like, "Where's where's my piece of it?" You know, I think that was kind of the problem with bringing it back. Was uh, uh, we talked to one of the executives because it, it, 20th got sold to Disney, and Disney owns Titus now. And they, I we we talked to them. Uh, Jack, I think Jack Kenny called called them. Said, "What are you guys going to do with Titus? You're going to put it on Hulu?" And they said, "Because Titus." owns part of it, you guys own part of it, and everybody else has a little piece of it, they think the people would sue them. And I was like, wow, that's that's weird. No one would sue you. <laughs> it's just odd. Yeah. I know what you mean. Well, of course, uh, we want to hear about Carrying Monsters before we let you go. So tell us once again. Okay. Carrying Monsters, my ninth comedy special, Carrying Monsters. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, it's all about family tragedy. If you want to see it, it's going to be 90 minutes. Uh, the show is getting standing ovations before COVID hit. So it's going to be at uh, Christopher Titus TV on YouTube. Click through the link. Uh, it's 10 bucks, and then we'll send you we'll send you your access link on Saturday. Uh, or you can go to ChristopherTitus.com and get it. And you can also get all my specials there. But if you want to watch four free specials, Go to Christopher Titus TV, and uh, there's like 25 episodes of Titus there. Um, and thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, it's our pleasure. We've enjoyed having you on. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. This stream house is brought to you by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom. We are still open and safe to shop at low volume and low foot traffic stores. Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom screens all its employees and aggressively follows or exceeds the CDC guidelines. Save 30 to 60% off refrigeration, cooking, laundry, and mattresses. Thousands of items in stock today and available for delivery. This Dream House is brought to you by Appliance Factory and Mattress Kingdom's 40 to 80% off Memorial Day sale going on now. Save 40 to 80% off refrigeration, cooking, laundry, and mattresses. Thousands of items in stock and available for delivery. Appliance Factory's Memorial Day sale is going on now.